Hello and welcome to Powerhouse Politics. I'm ABC News White House correspondent Jonathan Carl. And I'm ABC News political director Rick Klein. I think I left out the chief part, Rick. I hope That's you're okay. going to be okay we'll, with that. We'll be all yeah. right. um, well, At least wow. You get fired. Wow, wow, wow. I am coming to you from the White House. Uh, we have a very uh, small little booth here, but the, you know it's it, it's not a lot of space. But the it's uh, real estate is all about location. We are, I think, like forty paces from the Oval Office, Rick. Anything interesting happening in there today? Anything interesting <laughs> recently going on? You know, I got to tell you, um, I'm a little speechless. Can we do this? <laughs> if I'm a little speechless, you can't do a I mean, podcast if you're if you're speechless. Just, so 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 obviously, uh, the FBI director has been. Fired by the president of the United States, uh, only the second time since the dawn of the FBI that an FBI director has been fired. Uh, the other one was FBI Director Sessions. Uh, by the way, uh, no relation. Um, uh, and he was fired for refusing to resign after being caught up in an ethics scandal. So this is really unprecedented. And, and add that, add to that the fact that this was an FBI director who was leading the investigation into Russian meddling into the election, an investigation that was certainly looking into uh, to Trump associates. So absolutely phenomenal. But, Rick, you know, I had a sense something was going on a little bit. And did you did you catch the briefing yesterday? I, I caught a little bit of it. There was this there was this random guy that got called on at the end, uh, and I, he went on this weird little tangent on an issue that I didn't think was really relevant. Can we play that? Do we can we play what, what we heard? Let's, see, let's, yeah, let's go ahead. Does the president still have confidence, full confidence in FBI Director James Comey? I have no reason to believe. I haven't asked him, so I, I don't. I have not asked the president since the last time we spoke about this. And the last time you spoke about it, you said he did have confidence, but you're not sure to say that again now. Well, I, I don't. In light of what you're telling me, I don't want to start speaking on behalf of the president without speaking to him first. I mean, he wouldn't want to start speaking on behalf of the president. Anyway, to, to, to give you to give you a context, Rick, uh, that was at the very end of the briefing. That was actually the very last question that was asked at Sean Spicer's briefing. I immediately, I, I obviously had reasons to uh, to believe that the president had lost confidence in uh, in the FBI director. Uh, which is why I asked the question. But when I heard the answer, I knew. You knew right then that there was something going on and I mean, that when, he was going to be gone. Because the answer is always, yes, the president has confidence. Right. I mean, wait, the minute you get an answer that is anything short of that about a senior official in an administration, you know this happened with Shinseki. Remember the uh, yeah, yeah, Veterans Affairs? Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, you know, Josh Earnest can no longer answer if the president had full confidence. Uh, there you go. And, but, and what so the question then to me is what shook that full confidence? And there's a White House version that is a, a certainly plausible version of events, and then there is another one. If you don't want to give the president the benefit of the doubt, where you start talking about the FBI, the official version, John, is is what that the Rod Rosenstein as the Deputy Attorney General, Jeff Sessions the Attorney General, tell the president you got to get rid of this guy, and he just goes and does it, right? Well, if you want the official version, I mean, I don't think there's a really a better person to go to than actually the vice president of the United States, who uh, was just up on Capitol Hill and actually took a couple of questions about this. And he put this, characterized this as a decision that was made by the president strictly because he was taking the advice of the deputy attorney general. Take a listen. When he brought the recommendation to the president that the director of the FBI should be removed, President Trump provided the kind of strong and decisive leadership the American people have come to be accustomed from him. And he took the action necessary to remove Director Comey. And now, already this morning, the president is in the process of evaluating individuals who will be able to fill that spot 
lead the FBI and, and restore the confidence of the American people. Look, before I, we, we unpack this, because this is a very serious issue, Rick, I, I want to point out what, what is probably obvious, but, but the president has the full authority to fire the FBI director. Right. And frankly, he can do it for whatever he, the hell reason he wants right. to fire him. Right. Um, you know, I, I suppose the one exception to that be if, if he knew that the, that, that, that the FBI director was about to, you know, uh, uh, come down on him, that the investigation was touching the president personally. Or I mean, you know, if he was directly interfering with an investigation, there, obviously there would be an issue. But other than that, the president is allowed to fire the FBI director if he doesn't like the way the guy dresses. It doesn't matter. Whatever the reason is, it doesn't matter. But I will tell you this. Based on my understanding and what I have heard, the, the, this was not an action that was taken because the deputy attorney general recommended it. It is true that the deputy attorney general wrote a very strong uh, letter, detailed letter, a three-page memo for outlining the reasons that he believed, and I have no doubt he truly does believe that, that that Comey needed to be fired, but the president had already made up his mind by the time he received that memorandum. Wow, wow! So that John, that piece of information cuts against what we're being told by the White House is the official line from the vice president, from Sean Spicer as the White House spokesperson, uh, that that lays it out and say, look, the the the, the professionals came and they said we got to get rid of him, and he got rid of him. You think it happened the other way around? Your reporting suggests that it happened the other way around. He wanted to fire him, and then he found reasons to fire him. Well, let me outline specifically what we know. So we're, we're, we're not dealing in, in speculation here. The memorandum from the deputy attorney general, which came with a essentially a cover letter from the attorney general endorsing the memo from the deputy attorney general, arrived at the White House between the hours of 4 and 5 p.m. yesterday. Okay. Right. And then we know that the letter from the president to James Comey saying you're fired was hand-delivered to FBI headquarters by uh, the president, the head of the president's security detail actually uh, at 5.22 p.m. We know that because he was spotted by a, a, a CNN reporter uh, going into the FBI director with the letter, going into the FBI uh, headquarters. Got it. So – what you have to ask yourself is the letter doesn't arrive at the White House until after 4 p.m. And within an hour, it's already hand-delivered to FBI headquarters. Mm -hmm. And is this is after the briefing where you were already picking up signs yes. that he has yes. lost confidence. Yes. After the briefing, which was uh, – it was – it was on the 2 o'clock hour. Yeah, it was on the 2 o'clock hour. So um, there, there are serious questions being raised with the White House version of events. And, and as I said, I don't really understand it because the president is fully within his authority to do whatever, whatever he wants with his FBI director, right. you know, outside of interfering with a, you know, with, with, with doing it to interfere with an investigation. He's, you know, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't need permission to fire his FBI director. Right. And then, John, you layer on the other pieces of this and – we still hear in our ears those chants of lock her up. <laughs> we know that the president himself declared on Monday night, just 24 hours before the firing, uh, that the that the investigation uh, was a waste of taxpayer dollars and, and, and a hoax. And uh, we know that the White House believes that the whole investigation should come to an end because it's found nothing. We heard that from the White House before and after the firing takes place. 
And then the other weird circumstances, President Trump today of all days, today of all days, hosts the Russian foreign minister and the Russian ambassador in the Oval Office. My goodness. I, I mean, screenwriters give up because you'll never be able to recreate this, this kind of this kind of drama. It, it it all adds up to so much smoke, John. And the atmosphere at the White House right now, it, it just must be batty because every minute seems to bring a new revelation around the timeline and the suspicions that are out there that, that rock the core of democracy. And as a reporter, you have to remain focused and steady and not distracted. There is there is a lot of smoke. Not all of it surrounds fire, um, but there there is... There is a lot of smoke. It was really something else to see the official White House schedule with only one public – with one – only one event listed on the public schedule and that being the meeting with the Russian foreign minister, with, with Sergei Lavrov uh, as the only thing. Now, there was a second event that was hastily added and in this case, the White House press pool allowed to go in and, and, and shoot it as kind of a photo op. Do you know what that event was? Tell me, John. Some meeting with the president and Henry Kissinger on the, on the day that all these Nixon comparisons are being made. He's meeting with Henry. Kiss- I mean, you just, you just. But, 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 I, but I will say. So when I when I talk about being focused, yeah. Okay, so that is eye popping. You look, oh my god, he's meeting with the Russian foreign minister. Um, that said, the Russian foreign minister is on a what what appears to be a long scheduled visit to Washington to meet with the Secretary of State Rex Tillerson. This stuff happens, right? Um, and it is common practice for the Russian foreign minister when he is in town meeting with the secretary of state to get a little FaceTime with the president of the United States. That includes many presidents going back a long ways. And I've been on several trips with the secretary of state. I've been there with back in the days of Colin Powell and, and Condoleezza Rice visiting Moscow, meeting with their co- counterparts there. And it almost always includes, you know, a trip to go and meet with the uh, the Russian president. So, it, it, you know, it's not unusual that the president would be meeting <laughs> with the Russian foreign minister. But my oh my, you know, to see the day after this blockbuster of a story uh, uh, happens, you know, a week after James Comey, the guy who had just been fired, told Congress that the greatest threat facing the United States is Russia. He gets fired and then there's the president in the old. Now, it was interesting. As press, we were not invited in even for a photo op to the meeting with the Russians. Right. But the Russians had their own photographers they in there. Kind of like the moment, huh? Yeah. So, 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 uh, if if you follow, and I do, Rick, on, on Twitter, if you follow the uh, the Minister of Foreign Affairs of the uh, the Russian Federation, uh, you, you see pop up this this shot of a beaming Ambassador Kislyak uh, with the president, the same ambassador who uh, you know met with Michael Flynn and was the was the uh, the cause of of Michael Flynn's demise. There he is in the Oval Office meeting with the president. But the only way you see it, the actual image, is from the Russians. It's incredible. And we, we've thrown around the term unprecedented around this presidency. This is unprecedented. So yes. We are now in, in territory that, to me, it transcends politics. This is the basics of how democracy functions. And I feel like the moves that the president makes, the Congress makes, the Department of Justice makes in the coming days will define whether our system works. I'm, do you think I'm overstating the case here, John? Am I too dramatic in laying this out? That this is about the, the basic building blocks of the, of the separation of powers, of checks and balances, and how American constitutional democracy operates. I think you're being only slightly dramatic. A little bit. But I think that the signs are good, frankly. I, I think that, first of all, 
the idea that because the FBI director who was heading up the FBI's investigation into the Russia issue has been fired, boom, there goes the investigation. It's done and over. Doesn't uh, work like that. Is, it absolutely doesn't work like that. The FBI's investigation will continue. And more importantly, perhaps uh, the investigations in Congress right. uh, continue. And I believe with renewed vigor, particularly the Senate Intelligence Committee, the possibility of a special prosecutor being named, which would be up to the very same deputy attorney general that, that wrote this memo on on Comey, that would be his decision. I think that the, the, the chances of that have increased. This is not going away. No way, no how. I don't know that that was the intention of the president in, 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 in firing him. That's what the Democrats have suggested. But regardless of whether it was, that will not be what actually happens. And also, I must say, Democrats are in a somewhat, and we're going to be speaking, by the way, Rick, I don't know if you know this, but we are going to be talking to Chris Van Hollen. Um, who is uh, a Democratic senator, of course, uh, from from Maryland, but also the head of the uh, Democratic Senatorial uh, Campaign Committee, congressional, you know, he is going to be on the show with us. And you pointed this out to me, Rick. I, I, I had forgotten, but Chris Van Hollen is the guy that introduced Rod Rosenstein at his confirmation hearing. That's right. He was he was uh, he was the the uh, the U.S. attorney in Maryland, and they know each other well. And it's really interesting because of the the awkward situation this puts so many uh, de- Senate Democrats in right now. Is that most of them did support Rosenstein in this position, and they believe that he's a man of integrity and upstanding character. Uh, and if you, again, believe the White House sequence of events, it was Rosenstein who went out on his own and said, we got to get rid of Comey. He got the sign off for the attorney general. He gets the president's sign off. This is all within the first two weeks on the job. He is a key man to understanding exactly what transpired in the events that led up to James Comey's un- very unceremonious firing. Uh, what he what he has to say on this topic, what Comey has to say about where the investigation was at the time, all of this will be critical to understanding this because the fact remains, and it is a big, bright, glaring headline, that the president of the United States fired the man who was heading up an investigation of his campaign, top associates of the campaign, an active FBI investigation that had shown some signs of quickening, the pace picking up a bit, and he is fired. If that had nothing to do with it, that may come out. If it did have something to do with it, you know that'll come out. No, no question at all. And Rick, I, I'm just just crossing the transom uh, from our Ben Siegel, uh, ABC's Ben Siegel up on Capitol Hill, who uh, ran into Diane Feinstein, says that Trump uh, told her because you know, it was interesting that Trump actually made a series of phone calls to inform key uh, key folks on, on Capitol Hill on both sides of the aisle uh, that he was making this move. And Ben Siegel reports that Feinstein says Trump told her that the FBI is a mess in the phone call and that he asked Rosenstein in sessions to look into it. So it appears the president himself has a slightly different version of events uh, than what was uh, offered even by the vice president just moments ago on Capitol wow. Hill. Wow. I mean, this is going to this this storyline looks like it's going to crumble. I mean, that that's a real problem for Mike Pence and for Sean Spicer. If, in fact, the review got started by the White House, that goes exactly against the whole sequence of events that they are playing out. And another piece of reporting, uh, our, our colleague Cecilia Vega uh, just is now reporting that uh, Director Comey, asked for additional resources for the Russia investigation from Rod Rosenstein just a few days before he was fired. 
So talk about that. Sounds like a coincidence, though. I mean, that sounds like a coincidence. Right? Uh, no doubt, no doubt. It's all a coincidence. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, I mean, he gets up there. He says Russia's meddling. He says, uh, "Rick, that, did uh, you ever did you ever take logic?" And you know, you, you went to one of those I, one I, of those I, fancy schools. You know what? I'll tell you the truth, John, and you you can check yeah. the rest. Of, I got an A plus in logic. Okay, so 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 you know that the whole correlation does not prove causation. <laughs> Fine, fine. Be that way. I forgot all those lessons when I became a reporter, and you start to sniff these things out and realize where things lead. Uh, this is a this is a really interesting series of twists, and and I feel like we're in store for several days like this at least that that kind of adds up to a much more complex picture than the one that the White House painted in firing James Comey. So back to your question of whether or not our system of government and our way of life can survive. What has just happened? I think that was how you put it, wasn't it, Rick? Uh, maybe something like that. Something like that. Uh, t- take a listen to what uh, John McCain had to say uh, this morning on CNN. When you fire, probably, arguably, the most respected person in America, you'd better have a very good explanation. And so far, I haven't seen that. You don't buy the Clinton email explanation that he mishandled the Clinton emails. That's why he was fired. I don't believe that that is sufficient rationale for removing the director of the FBI, and I regret that it's happened. By the way, the voice you heard asking the question is Manu Raju, great guy, uh, former CNN, political yeah. uh, reporter, political reporter now at CNN. Um, but first of all, <laughs> I kind of like um, uh, McCain's assessment of Comey as uh, arguably the most respected person in America. Mm. Um, uh, yeah. Arguably, <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess you said arguably. Have, I guess we could have an argument about that. But you do. But you have seen uh, Republicans uh, quite freely come forward and raise questions about this decision. Uh, you heard uh, Richard Burr, senator uh, from North Carolina, and the chairman of the Senate Intelligence Committee that's leading its own investigation into this, uh, say that he's concerned uh, about this and uh, and made it very clear that he thought it was the wrong decision uh, for the president. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think that there, is, there are signs of bipartisanness uh, on, on this. Um, but the other thing that's going to be interesting, and I look forward to talking to Senator Van Hollen about this, um, is that uh, Democrats had, of course, been Comey's most fierce critics. Yeah, yeah. And if you read that three-page memo by by Deputy Attorney General Rosenstein, you know, frankly, it reads like something um, somebody in the Clinton camp could have written. It reads like something that our old friend of the podcast, who we hope to have on maybe later this week, uh, Brian Fallon, could have written uh, during the campaign. Now, they're all quite critical, <laughs> to say the least, of, of this decision to fire Comey. But, but the, the reasons as outlined... Not necessarily Trump's reasons, but the but the reasons outlined by the deputy attorney general look like they could have been written by a Democrat. In fact, almost literally so. In some cases, there were there were portions of it that uh, appear to parallel language that was used by uh, Clinton campaign folks during the campaign. It's as, as if it was cobbled together based on the same series of talking points. That's one piece of this, and it's a, another side piece of this over at the White House is that the White House has used the argument that you can't possibly. If you're a Democrat, complain about James Comey being fired because you wanted to fire him. You've been talking about it for at least six months. Uh, just last and, week, and, 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 and I got to tell you that uh, the White House, I think, was caught a little bit flat-footed on this in terms of the blowback. Which is crazy. I, they, I they think they thought uh, that people like our guest, who's now on the line, uh, Senator Van Hollen, were going to were going to come out and praise this decision because they had been so uh, critical of, of of Comey in the past. Senator Van Hollen, thank you for joining us on Powerhouse Politics. Good to be with you. So I want to ask you, we, we were talking uh, just before you got on the line about 
uh, the fact that you actually introduced Rod Rosenstein at his Senate Judiciary Committee confirmation hearing and uh, had some very warm words to say about him, um, uh, praising his, his career uh, as one having a reputation as a fair and focused administrator of justice. And then you, you quoted uh, uh, then-Senator Sessions on, on, on the need for independence. And this is what you, what you quoted from Sessions. You have to watch out because people will be asking you to do things you just need to say no about. And he went on to ask, do you think the attorney general has the responsibility to say no to the president if he asks for something that's improper? Um, that was a question that Sessions had asked of Sally Yates during her confirmation hearing in another era, it seems. Um, but let me ask you this. Do you think Rod Rosenstein, in writing this memorandum, recommend recommending the firing of James Comey and, and then being used by the White House as the reason for the firing. Do you think that Rod Rosenstein made a mistake? Was that something he should have said no to? Well, I did read his letter, and to me, it did not pass the credibility test. Uh, and so I have been disappointed that it appears that he was used by the White House for the political purpose of firing an FBI director who was conducting an investigation into collusion between uh, the White House and the Russians. The notion that the way Comey treated the email investigation of Hillary Clinton is somehow the basis for firing Comey today is laughable given the fact that President Trump himself praised Comey and Comey's conduct after the election. So this is all about the timing, uh, and the timing of this really smells. Uh, and the only remedy here to begin to restore some kind of confidence in the justice uh, system, and specifically this investigation, is the appointment of a special prosecutor. Now, that is something that Rod Rosenstein can do, because uh, uh, he is the essentially the acting attorney general on matters related to uh, to Russia because of the recusal of, of Sessions. Do you believe he will do that? Well, you mentioned my statement at the hearing. I also, in that statement, uh, called at that time uh, for the appointment of a special prosecutor. And now is clearly the moment to do it. Uh, right now, uh, the Justice Department's credibility is at rock bottom. I really think at this point, uh, the appointment of that special prosecutor should probably be made by the senior career uh, justice officials uh, at the Justice Department. But the main thing is to get somebody who uh, has credibility and can conduct this investigation and not be fired uh, by the president or other political higher ups. So that's really important to the integrity of the investigation. Senator, what is your theory of the case here? What is it? What you mentioned the smell test. What does it smell like to you? What is the sequence of events that that seem like the most likely that results in Rod Rosenstein writing this letter, Attorney General Sessions uh, endorsing it, and President Trump acting on it all within the course of basically an hour yesterday at the White House? Well, we know that the investigation, the Comey investigation uh, into collusion between the Russians and the Trump campaign was heating up. Uh, just yesterday, there were reports uh, that they issued uh, grand jury subpoenas uh, to Michael Flynn's associates. Uh, we've also learned just within the last uh, couple hours uh, that Comey came to Rod Rosenstein um, within uh, the last week asking for additional resources uh, for the purpose 
of the investigation. Then, of course, you have Comey on Capitol Hill making it very clear that uh, he is proceeding with the investigation. And, of course, you had Comey very clearly reject uh, the ridiculous claims of President Trump that the Obama administration had been wiretapping uh, Trump Tower. So it looks to me like as this investigation began to heat up, as subpoenas were issued, as more resources were requested, the hammer came down on Comey. And, and would have been driven by the White House, you believe, that the White House would, would be the ones that are, that are putting the hammer in motion? I believe that to be the case. I believe if you look at all these sort of pieces of evidence building up, including the recent request uh, for additional resources, the request by Comey for the purpose of this investigation, uh, the issuance of subpoenas. Uh, and, you know, if, if the White House has nothing to hide here, why not allow this to play out? Why not allow all the information to be out there? And this really is a moment where, you know, Republicans and Democrats and all Americans need to come together and insist on protecting the integrity of the, the process. I saw the statement by Senator Burr, the, the Republican chair of the Intelligence Committee, saying that he was troubled by the, the timing and reasoning uh, of this firing. Uh, and I do think it's important at this moment that, that people really focus on how serious a situation we face. And let's focus for a minute on the seriousness of what you just said. You are alleging that there are reasons to believe that the president fired the FBI director for the purposes of quashing an investigation. That seems to me to be an explosive allegation. If true, isn't that an impeachable offense? Let me say this. Let me say that I indicated that if you look at different pieces of evidence, uh, that is a conclusion that I think a lot of open-minded and fair-minded people uh, will draw. But we need to get to the bottom of it, which is why this morning, uh, Senator Schumer, on behalf of the Democratic caucus, uh, asked Mitch McConnell to have an executive session in the Senate where we brought uh, the attorney general Jeff Sessions uh, before the Senate to answer questions and that we separately uh, bring deputy attorney general Rod Rosenstein before the Senate to answer questions because these are very serious issues. I think everybody looking in at this from the outside uh, can see that this investigation was gaining steam. Uh, but we, we need to get to the bottom of this. So that's why we need a two-step process. One, we need a special prosecutor. We've needed one for a long time. Uh, this is clearly uh, the moment where it's absolutely essential uh, to protect the integrity of the process. And to your question, uh, we need to bring the attorney general and the deputy attorney general before the Senate to answer just the kind of questions we're discussing. But I'm asking you, is that an impeachable offense? If well, I think... As I said, evidence, I think there's lots the of evidence points. I, I, look, I, that, that's there's a lot of there, there are lots of blocks, building blocks. But just as there's an ongoing invest, investigation into lots of different building blocks that suggest a possible collaboration between the, the Trump campaign and the Russians, all those lines have not been connected. And the reason for bringing both the attorney general, deputy attorney general before the Senate is to see whether there's connection between those building blocks. So that needs, in my view, to be the first step.
But, you, but your point is we could get there. This is serious enough. This is that level of, of seriousness because we talk all the time about things that the president's doing that are unprecedented and, 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 and out there. But this is that serious in your mind. Let me let me just say what we need to do and be really clear what we need in the United States Senate is to have the attorney general and the deputy attorney general come before us to answer questions about the motivation for the firing of the person who was just increasing the tempo of the investigation uh, into the Trump campaign and the uh, Russians. We need to get answers to this, uh, not firings. But to back up for, for a half a second here, uh, Director Comey came under a lot of fire from many Democrats, uh, including yourself, for his role during the campaign. And just last week, Hillary Clinton said, I was on my way to winning, if not for what Director Comey did. Uh, that's the evidence that, uh, that the Deputy Attorney General is citing in, in saying that he handled this poorly. You'd agree the president has the right to fire the FBI director. So what in that is so objectionable? What's, what is the, the bottom line concern? Do you, do you think on its face he was wrong to fire Director Comey that he stepped outside his power? I don't know if he has stepped outside his actual power. I mean, I don't think that uh, Comey has any sort of legal recourse uh, to his firing. So in a legal sense, uh, that is the case. Uh, but the reality is uh, that he, he did this, as we've been discussing, at a moment where the number one issue on the plate of the FBI director was investigating the president's campaign and collusion with the Russians. Yes, I've expressed concerns about the way Comey conducted himself in the past. I did not myself uh, call for him to step down uh, as a result. I thought it showed misjudgment, uh, but I did not personally call for him to be uh, removed as the FBI director. And if you were really going to remove him for cause, and the cause being his handling of the Clinton email investigation, uh, you would do that right away. And by the way, you wouldn't be praising, <laughs> as the president did, as President Trump did, you wouldn't be praising uh, Comey's conduct uh, at the FBI. Um, it is really difficult to uh, believe the idea that the person who led the chance of lock her up uh, was really uh, worried about how the FBI handled uh, the email investigation much more, much more plausible to, I think, anybody looking at this, uh, you know, in a fair-minded manner, uh, is that Comey's main focus now was this other investigation. Uh, and uh, clearly, firing him uh, is a setback to that investigation. The most important thing now is to be able to restore some confidence, and that means a special prosecutor and making sure they have the resources they need resources that apparently Comey was asking for uh, within the week. All right, Senator Chris Van Hollen, thank you for joining us here in Powerhouse Politics. We'll talk to you again very soon, and next time we want to talk to you about uh, about the next about the midterm elections. You're sure. Very and involved. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. All Thanks, right. Senator. Take care. Thank you both. Bye. So, Rick, that really gets at the the issue here. Is there's no question the president has the authority to fire right. uh, the FBI director, where there. The allegation the Democrats are making, though, is that he was doing this to basically quash an ongoing investigation. If that is true, that seems to raise much more profound issues. But, you know, 
I, I guess that's what we're going to have to try to track. Yeah, I think that that's a, a major strand uh, in this, no doubt. Nobody's provided evidence of that. No, There's no been evi- a lot yeah. of circumstantial discussion. There's been allegations flying around. Nobody has provided a shred of evidence that that is the case. Um, but the but the circumstances surrounding it will, will certainly lead to to many many more questions. And the other piece where Democrats are really pressing their advantage now is to to try to get that independent prosecutor. That seems like it would be increasingly untenable for Republicans to stand up against. And you're seeing some cracks in their armor on this. We're seeing Mitch McConnell say there's no no need for it. It would slow things down. But that that that's the next piece of this. I think that that advances it on the political stage. Because it does seem like there's so much politics that that's infected every level of this investigation. And I, by the way, I think it's likely to happen. But that is all the time we have for Powerhouse Politics. We will be back soon, maybe even before the week is out, with an emergency podcast. What do you think? I think if, if you, this is a week of emergencies, it would seem, <laughs> in just about every way. All right. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you again soon. 